Thank you, Sharon. Good morning. I'd like to welcome all of you and any visitors we may have and to those listening on radio to our worship service at First Church. I have several announcements before we start our service. Today we welcome Pastor Brian Vinson, his wife Tara, and their family. A little later on in our service, they'll be able to come forward and give us a brief update on their missionary work in Africa. And also following the church service this morning, they will be in the ministry center big room where they can give you a little more presentation on what their work entails there in in Africa. Today, immediately following the church service, there are two mission trip meetings. There's been a change on one of them. You'll notice in your bulletin it tells you to go one place, or I'm going to tell you to go someplace else. Tori will be... Tori will be hosting the Steubenville mission trip for the youth, and that will take place in the Heritage Room. And the other one, the mission trip to Germany, that will still take place in the conference room in the ministry center. Also today, Pastor Joel is back with us from his brief vacation, and he will be starting a new sermon series on the book of James. If you have not picked up your study booklets, they are available at all the entrances today. There are numerous other announcements in there. Please take the time to look them over. And now would you please stand and join me in our call to worship this morning, which is taken from Psalm 40, verses 1 through 5. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of my slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my foot on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Where I can speak and tell of your deeds, they are too many to declare. Please remain standing as we sing our opening hymn, which is number 493, It Is Well With My Soul.
may be seated. This time I'm going to invite those uh, who are going to the Young Life uh, camp beginning this week to come forward. Uh, we just want to take a moment and encourage you and pray for you as you begin your trip together. How many of, do you have going with you? We have 12. 12. 12 people going on this trip. Um, I'm a little jealous of you guys because I never got to go on a trip like this when I was a youth. We had uh, some conferences we went to, but from what I've heard about Young Life, it's going to be a really special experience for you all and really excited for you. Um, I pray that this will be a time not only that you can grow together and have fun, because there's definitely going to be some bonding experiences, I'm sure, uh, but a time that you'll also grow closer to the Lord and that this can be an experience that you'll remember for the rest of your life as, as a way to encourage you and lift you up as, as maybe times get rough later on. Uh, mountaintop experiences are like that. These good times are ways to encourage us and remind us of our faith and our commitment to the Lord uh, when, when we get a little further down the road and maybe things aren't going as well. Um, these times like Young Life Camp or mission trips or conferences can be a way to encourage you. So I'll be praying not only that you enjoy your time, but that this can be a way to, to build you up for, for your future as well. Um, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for these students and these leaders who are about to embark on this, on this camp experience later this week. Uh, Lord, we pray for safety for them as they travel. We pray that you would uh, bring them to Michigan and back safely, Lord. I do pray that they would have a fun time together, that this experience would be a bonding experience for them, that they would grow closer together as friends and as a youth group. Uh, Lord, but even more than that, more than the fun times, more than the, the memories that they'll make, I pray that you would draw them to yourself through this ministry, that this would be a time for them to grow in the Lord, to deepen their faith, to mature in their faith. And Lord, as they, as they return home, I pray that this would be an experience that they would take with them throughout their life as a time to look back and remember how you worked and how you, how you drew them to yourself. Um, so I pray, Lord, that this would be an experience not just for this week, but for one that, they, that will be with them for the rest of their lives. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the support that they've received from this church in order to make this trip possible. And pray, Lord, that you would do many great things uh, during their time together. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Um, they'll be heading out on Friday, I believe, right? Thursday. Thursday sorry, Thursday. Yeah, don't be late. Um, <laughs> Thursday. So you can be praying for them this week and then as they're gone in the days to come as well. This time we want to invite the children forward for children's chat. And as they're coming forward, I encourage you to stand and greet your neighbors around you. Good morning. How are you all this morning? Yeah? Did Who all went to VBS? Did you guys have fun at VBS? Did you learn a lot of really neat songs and do some really pretty cool crafts? Yeah. Yeah? Well, Pastor Joel is going to be starting a new sermon series, and the first one he's going to be talking about adversity. Adversity is a really big word for you guys, but really all that it means is that we face problems in life. And we go through those hard times in life, but we also have another thing that kind of gets us through the adversity times or the times that we have problems, and that's perseverance. And that's another really big word, but all that that means is that we, God gives us um, courage to make it through those hard times. And perseverance means that you keep going and you keep going and you keep going until you get to a really good place. Now, I was going to play basketball, but I'm having a little problem. I think it's just a little flat. Now, Am I going to be able to dribble this ball? Why? Because this flat doesn't have any air in it. I need to pump it up. Do you think I'd be able to make a basket with this? Maybe. I think the bump might throw me off if I put my hand right there. If I shoot it, I think it might go to one direction or the other. Don't use the bump. <laughs> Push your hands around the bump. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, well, I brought an air pump with me, and my husband told me I need to wet it. So, if I sit here and I keep pumping this up, hold on, let me move my Bible. If I keep pumping this up, okay, this is a lot harder than it looks for me. <laughs> okay. Am, am I good? Why not? You want to try it? Come here. Push. Keep going. Keep going one more time. All right. Let's see if it's good now. No, it's still a little flat. I can have one more try. You you said first, so I'll have one more try. All right, go. Oh. All right, look at them muffles. Oh, I don't think it's still going to work. It's still flat. Let's keep going. Nope, it's still flat. I saw your hand. Come here, buddy. Do you think that you can put all your muscles into this bump to make this ball not flat? Go. He's really showing some perseverance. All right, let's see what it looks like now. Well, it's still a little flat, but it's getting better. So basically, we started out with a really flat ball, right? which is a problem. We're going to have problems in our lives that maybe for you guys is falling off your bicycle. Have you guys, who's, who's worked on training in your bicycle, getting those training wheels off? Yeah? Your tricycle? Now, when I was, I had scrapes up and down my legs. I had bandages on my knees. My Sunday school dresses maybe had some bandages in the pictures. But you keep going, don't you? Do you let one fall? Do you get back on your bike and keep going? Yeah. Just like we did with this basketball. We kept pumping it up. So God gives us courage. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Your courage that you have to make it through those hard times is what God gives you as strength. So we can turn to him in our times of trouble. You guys want to pray with me real quick? Dear Lord, we thank you for these kids today. We pray that in any sorrows or any troubles that they occur in their life, that, Lord, that they know that they can turn to you and that you are the one that has the answers for them. Lord, I pray for their lives and their hearts, and all this through your son's name. Amen. Thanks, Shelby. As the kids are returning to their seats, I want to invite Brian and Tara Vinson forward, or just Brian or just Tara, whoever's going to (laughs) be sharing with us this morning. Uh, Brian may look a little familiar. Uh, He served a few years uh, as pastor here in New Knoxville at the United Methodist Church. So his face probably looks a little familiar to a few of you out there, uh, but they've been serving as missionaries in Africa, and they're going to take a few minutes to share about what what they've been up to in their ministry. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. It's been a while since I've been in this pulpit, but I thank you for the welcome to me and to my family as we're coming back. If if you remember um, way back to 2005, you might have met me uh, at the at the Independence Day joint uh, ministry celebration as I came in and went, wait, which ones are which church? I don't know who I need to get to know really well, but I got to know a lot of you and uh, some of you have have continued in praying for us and in supporting us as we have been serving in Lusaka, Zambia. Um, I want to thank you, Pastor Joel, for for inviting us, even though we only met this morning. Um, And Connie has kept in touch with us and and continued to ask us, what are your prayer requests? And, oh, you're coming back? Can you come to First Church? And so... um, we, we thank you as well for, for continuing to remind us that we're in all of your prayers. Um, for those of you who wonder what we're doing in Zambia, um, 
and who wonder about where it is that we are. We are in the city of Lusaka, which is a, a city of about 2.4 million people. So it's a big city. We don't have lions and hippos and crocodiles wandering through the city. In fact, most of the people in our church have never seen those animals. Um, we are working mostly with urban poor. And in our churches, most of the people get by on, uh, on such a minuscule salary that our pastors are not paid, um, that when, what they do have, they, they spend on very meager sustenance. And so what we're doing is we're working together with the people to not only provide them places to worship, but also a, a place to, to learn and to grow, to learn entrepreneurship, money management, and how to help their community better themselves and to get out of poverty. And we're also working to, to raise support to help the pastors, not only in the day-to-day uh, operations of running churches, but also in education so that we can, we can help them in this, in this uh, young church that we serve. Um, we will be uh, over in the ministry center after the service, and we'll have uh, more, pres- more of our presentation. We have some brochures that we would be glad for you to take to see what we're doing and to remind you to pray for us. But it, it will also give you a better picture of all that we're doing and our plans uh, for the next six to nine years. And so we thank you again for, for supporting us in ministry and for your prayers. And before we um, leave this part up, uh, I think I'm a week late in giving a Zambia hat to Pastor Joel. It's, you're not going to need it this week, but if you, if you hold on to that uh, next winter when that wind is whipping across the, the plains here, uh, maybe that will keep you, uh, keep you warm. And by the way, it gets really cold where we are in Zambia, all the way almost down to 50 degrees. Oh, so, yeah. That's rough. And, and they'll be wearing these caps and they'll be wearing snowmobile suits and everything in that weather. And Connie, uh, for you, this is a, um, a handmade uh, Zambian um, necklace, and we want to give this to you. <laughs> and this was, this was also a gift from, uh, from the people in our congregation uh, in, in thank you to this congregation as well. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us this morning. We appreciate hearing about the update. And, and actually, Tara, would, would be all right if I invited you forward as well? We'd love to pray for you as we go into our prayer time this morning. And your family, if they want to join us as well, how brave are they to come forward? <laughs> um, before, we, before we go right into prayer, though, I want to take a moment to acknowledge something else as well. Uh, last Sunday was the last Sunday for, for Sunday school for the summer. As you know, we were taking a break, both the adult classes and the children's classes. And so as we go into prayer, I just want to take a moment and thank all of our teachers and helpers and, and the people who make Sunday school happen. So if you could take a moment, just stand up. We'd like to just thank you and acknowledge you as well and, and praise God for your faithfulness, too. Don't everybody go at once. Thank you. <laughs> Such an important ministry to teach our children as well as adults about the Lord and to help each other grow in our faith. So we just want to thank you for the, the many hours that you put in uh, to teaching our children and our youth and our adults. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, praying for our, thanking God for our Sunday school program as well as for this family here. Lord, we thank you so much uh, for Brian and for Tara and their family. Uh, thank you that you have brought them here this morning to share about their ministry and share about how you are working in and through them uh, to reach the people of Zambia. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless them, continue to grow them in their faith, help them to trust you more and more each day. And Lord, we do pray that you would provide for them as well. It's hard to be so far away from home and from family and friends. And so I pray, Lord, that you would you would strengthen them, give them faith and courage, Lord, to, to sustain them in their ministry. And Lord, we pray for material provision as well, that you would bring them the support that they need in order to, to stay in the field and to do the great work that they're doing in Zambia. And we pray for their churches and the pastors and those that they work with there. We pray that you would uh, bless them and, and allow them, Lord, to, to make 
make progress and, and have inroads there to, to form those connections to make an impact for that city. Um, we pray, Lord, that your gospel and your, your grace and your mercy would just be made known uh, through what they do. Lord, we also praise you for the, the many men and women uh, who teach Sunday school here in this church and, and all of the hours and, and for some of them years that they've put into that ministry and, and, the, and the blessing that their, their ministry is here, Lord. We thank you for that and pray that you continue to, to grow them and, and continue to grow that Sunday school ministry so that we can continue to reach more children and youth and adults uh, with, your, with your gospel. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would also be with the names uh, that are listed here, uh, the many prayer requests that we have, uh, health issues, financial issues, uh, Lord, a whole gambit. Uh, but you know exactly what's going on. You know what it is they need. Um, so I pray that you would be their God, be there for them, provide for them, um, Lord, in, in, in all things that your will would be done and that you would be glorified. We pray all these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, guys. This time, I invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward. Um, the, The... Ministry that we're supporting is the radio fund to help our services be broadcast to many people in our area. And Sharon will be blessing us with some music during that time. Thank you. Uh, remain standing this morning and hear the scripture, which comes from the book of James, chapter 1, 
verses 1 through 12. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. If you please remain standing and sing number, uh, hymn number 52, O God, our help in ages past. Note to self for next year, after VBS, make sure the offering plates are back where they should be. (laughs) It all worked out, though. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Uh, Thank you for all the exciting things that are happening. Uh, VBS just closing up this week. Uh, the youth, young life camp and, and having a missionary family here, Lord, just lots of excitement in the air. We thank you for all of those wonderful things and pray that as we open your word now, you'd give us uh, focus and attention on what you have to say to us this morning. I pray you'd give me words to speak and open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have for us. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be starting a new uh, sermon series, as, as Shelby mentioned, during Children's Chat. And, and for the summer months, we're going to be taking a look at the book of James together. We're going to start here, chapter 1, verse 1, and, and make our way through through this book uh, for the course of the summer. I think it's a great way to, to spend our time together. Uh, we preached through Philippians last fall, and I think there's just something special, something significant about just opening God's Word and just preaching through a book and, and what it has to say to us. Um, 
and especially during the summer months, I think it's going to be helpful because I know that family schedules and vacations and, and camping trips like we, Allie and I had last weekend uh, might take you away for a Sunday. And the great thing about preaching through a book of the Bible like this is that you know the section that we may, you may miss that week, and so you can, you can catch up by simply reading and, and studying that for yourself as well. So I pray that over the next few months that we will be encouraged and, and, and edified from studying the book of James together. Uh, James is uh, identified here simply by his name, uh, but we most people agree that this was James, the half-brother of Jesus. He was a leader in the early church in Jerusalem. Uh, we see him described in, in passages like Acts 15. Uh, we, we know from reading the Gospels that he was not a believer in Jesus until after the resurrection. Uh, many of Jesus' brothers and sisters, uh, you see there's these points of contention between Jesus and his, and his family at points in his ministry. Uh, but after the resurrection, after Jesus was glorified, we know that James came to trust in him as Lord and Savior and became a leader in the church. And so he is the one that is then writing this letter uh, to instruct uh, believers in the Lord. We're calling this series Practical Faith for the Real World because the book of James, probably more so than any other letter in the New Testament, gives a lot of just practical, everyday kind of wisdom uh, for the believer. Uh, Paul, many times in Paul's letters, he kind of goes on and on in, in pretty theological terms, pretty pretty lofty terms and, and, and kind of um, theoretical uh, concepts, I guess you could say. Uh, what James gets right to the point, and he has a lot of things to say about, about practical theology, how to live out your faith each and every day. And so that's why I think James is such an important letter for us to study, because it, it encourages us to live out our faith in every aspect of our lives. I think one of the main issues of this letter that we'll see come up over and over again as we study it is this idea of spiritual wholeness. The idea that as we follow the Lord, our, our attention should be completely and solely on him. In him alone. Uh, so often we allow the things of this life, whether it's trials or temptations or, or just everyday ordinary busyness, we allow those things to get in the way and distract us from following him like we should. So James' concern that we'll see cropping up even here in our first sermon, but we'll see it throughout the next couple months, is James' concern that we live wholly and completely for the Lord, that we do not let our attention, we don't let our, our allegiance be divided but that we do everything for the Lord, that we live for him each and every day, each and every moment. I think that's such an important lesson for us to learn, uh, especially today, when so much stuff is competing for our attention. So much uh, of our lives is, is we're being pulled this way and that way, and there's so much out there that, that tries to distract us from following the Lord completely with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so this, this letter, I think, is very timely for us even 2,000 years after it was written. And so this letter opens with that greeting from James and, and to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And then he just jumps right into this exhortation, this encouragement. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What an interesting way to, to describe this, right? Consider it pure joy. Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. That's not our natural reaction when we face trials, is it? Joy is not the first thing that comes to mind when we face problems or we face adversity. He says it's all joy. It's pure joy. And I think that the, that descriptor there, all or pure, talks about the intensity, not necessarily the exclusivity. Um, that's a tongue twister. It's about being the, our joy being complete and unadulterated. It's not, it's not that we can have joy and only joy. It's not that we have joy to the exclusion of sadness or anger or grief or anything like that. It's that we have joy in spite of those things. Does that make sense? And so the Christian that faces adversity can and will still experience sadness and anger and confusion, and, and maybe even fleeting doubts. But the joy we have is not to the exclusion of those things. It's joy in spite of those things. It's the joy that can come only from knowing the Lord and knowing that He is in control and knowing that, that a good God holds us in His hands. That's a joy that can't be taken away no matter what we face in this life. And as it says here, it's, it's trials of many kinds, uh, we know from, from studying the early church that, that poverty 
and, and economic issues was a big problem. Many, many of the early Christians were poor and facing hardship because of their economic situation. But James here is quick to say it's, it's trials of many kinds. It's not just one specific kind of trial. He's not speaking here only to people who are having trouble putting food on the table. While that may be one big concern, uh, we can all take from this because we all face trials of different kinds. Maybe today you're experiencing uh, hardship of, of relational issues. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe issues with kids. Maybe it's a job issue. Maybe it is financial for you. Whatever your trial is, whatever adversity you're facing, we can take encouragement and take hope from these words. It's what we're going to hear about in, these pas- in this passage is true of all kinds of hardships that one may face in life. And so he says to consider it pure joy. How can we consider hardships? How can we consider adversity joy? Well, he's going to tell us in the next couple verses. It's because facing trials of many kinds produces perseverance in our lives. It says the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This test here, it's not a test whether or not you have faith. That's not the kind of testing that's being talked about here. The testing is more like like the refining process that gold or silver goes through. You test the quality, you test the purity of gold by, by allowing it to be refined through fire. And when it goes through that refining process, all of the impurities, all of the junk that's mixed in there gets burnt up and it's removed so that the gold, the silver, becomes more precious or more pure. That's the kind of testing that, that James is talking about here. Testing our faith in a sense of making it stronger, making it more precious, making it more pure by having gone through the hardships and the difficulties. It's not a test to see if faith exists, but to purify and strengthen the faith that is already there. And that's what perseverance does for us. Perseverance is successfully, you know, carrying a large load for a long time. Think of, uh, movie Finding Nemo, right? Dory just says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? That perseverance sense of just, just keep on keeping on, just moving forward, even though it is hard, even though it is difficult, but to just keep our, your head down and just keep moving forward. That's the kind of perseverance we get from facing difficulties. Like a, like a muscle that's strengthened through resistance or through working out, we learn to remain faithful to God for the long haul when we face difficulties. It's often the hard times in life where we grow the most. It's often the difficulties that, that teach us the most about God and who we are in relationship to Him. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7-10, through 10, Paul writes, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That's why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. So Paul here compares, says that we should be training for godliness, just like we train our our physical bodies through exercise. We often have to push ourselves. We often have to... To, to work hard in order for our physical bodies to be healthy and strong. In the same way, we often have to go through difficulties. We have to push ourselves through adversity in order for us to be trained and for godliness. We also, we have to, it's often those difficult times that help us to become stronger in our faith and put our trust more completely in God. But perseverance itself is not the end goal. The point is not just to be able to endure hardship, but it's through the perseverance, it's through that endurance that leads then to maturity and completeness. We will never be perfect, right, in this life. We're going we're gonna to mess up. We're always going to fall short of God's glory. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. But through that perseverance, through adversity, God strengthens us and uses those to make us more and more like Him. God uses those things in our lives to refine us like gold or silver so that we don't lack anything, it says. And so why can we say to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds? Because God uses those things. He uses those trials to perfect our faith and to make us stronger Christians. That's the benefit of adversity. That's why we can rejoice when we face hard times, because we know that God can and will use those things in order to strengthen us and build us up. 
I think one of the best examples of that we have in Scripture is the story of Joseph. Uh, if you're, you're, many of you are familiar with him in his Technicolor dream coat, right? He faced a lot of hardship in his life. His brothers beat him and sold him into slavery, thought him dead, right? But he ends up in Egypt and rises in power as a servant in, in Potiphar's house. And then before he knows it, he ends up in jail again for a false accusation. And he's left there to rot for a couple of years. But eventually the Pharaoh remembers him and, and, and puts Joseph, not just in charge of his household, but in all of Egypt. He was second in power only to Pharaoh. And it was through that adversity, through that hardship, that God's people were saved because Joseph's brothers ended up years later in Egypt begging for food because of the famine. They had no idea Joseph was there. But it was through that hardship, through all of those trials that Joseph faced, that he was finally in a position to not only save himself, but his entire family. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph is speaking to his brothers and he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's what's important. That, that the hardship that Joseph had gone through was what God then used to save many people. So whatever trials you're facing, whatever adversity you're facing, know that God can and will use that to strengthen your faith and can even use that to save people beyond you, that he can use your story, he can use your hardship to then reach others with that as well. I've been told once that our, that, that our greatest weakness, our greatest struggle often becomes our greatest point of ministry, our greatest point of testimony because of God working in and through those moments. And so that's why we can consider it joy, because God uses those trials and adversity to strengthen us. So how can we do that? How can we remain faithful? How can we remain strong in the midst of adversity in order to uh, grow in, in our faith in that way? Well, first, we need to ask God for wisdom. Wisdom is an important part of this process. Wisdom is the ability to discern and apply God's will in a given situation. It's a, there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is simply information. We can know a lot of stuff, right? We can have our head full of all sorts of knowledge and even have Bible verses memorized. But if we don't know how to then take it and apply it and make it a part of who we are and actually allow those verses to speak into our lives and to uh, become living it out. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I know they're getting ready. I got to quit talking here in a few minutes. Um, if we don't allow that knowledge to then impact us in such a way that we live it out, it not, doesn't become wisdom. right? We need to allow God's will, God's, knowledge, God's word in us to become a part of who we are. And so when we face hardship, we, don't, we shouldn't ask, why is this happening to me? Instead, we should ask, how can God use this situation to bring glory to himself and to make me more like him? That's, a, that's wisdom right there, being able to, to, to look at our situation, not from our own perspective, not throwing a pity party, but be able to look at it and say, how can God use this for his own glory? And how can God use this to make me more like him? And God says that we can ask him for wisdom when we face these hardships. We can pray to him and ask him to give us that wisdom. And he's a God who gives generously. He wants to help us. And so we need to put ourselves in a position to allow God to work. We need to allow him to speak in our lives so that we can know his will and then apply it to our lives. When we allow anger and bitterness and grief to consume us, we build this wall around us, not allowing God to speak and not allowing God to work in and through the situation. And so as we face trials, we need to not let our hearts become hard toward God and what he wants to accomplish. We need to be willing to allow him to speak and to act and to work in our lives says that we should not be double-minded or unstable in what we do. And I don't think James here is talking about fleeting doubts. I think everybody has doubts that just run across your mind when you face hard times. I know I do. But there's a difference between fleeting thoughts that go through your mind and living a life based on those doubts. Does that make sense? So what God desires for us is to be consistent in our trust and our faith in him. The one he's talking about, the double-minded person he's talking about here, I think is someone who, whose life contradicts their claim to belong to God. And a person who, who says one thing and then says they believe one thing and then their life 
shows something else, it's not a, there's no foundation for them to stand on when adversity comes. They'll be blown and tossed by the wind like that wave James talks about. There'll be no foundation. And so when hard times come, they, there's nothing for them to stand on. Uh, real quick, uh, we also need to, we need to have God's wisdom in our lives, which we can receive through prayer and also study of his word. But we also need to have our identity rooted in Christ. These verses 9 through 11 talk about the, the person in humble circumstances and the rich. And you may think, what does this have to do with this passage about facing trials? Well, I think what James is trying to get across here is that no matter what we face in this life, whether we're rich or we're poor, whether we're facing adversity or whether it's good times, we should not put our trust and find our identity in our current circumstances. Whether things are going well for you or whether things are not going well, where we need to find our identity, where we need to put our trust and our hope is our relationship with the Lord, our status as one of his children. Because that is the one thing that can never be taken away from us. Our trials may come and go. The good times we experience, our riches, can be here today and gone tomorrow. But the one thing that can never be taken from us is our identity in Christ. And so if we put our trust and our hope in that, it, will, it can, never be, can never be taken away. And so no matter if you're facing adversity now, you need to put your hope and set your sight on Christ. And your relationship with him. And that gives you hope for both this life and the one to come. But you may be sitting here thinking, well, I'm not really facing much right now. Things are going pretty well. You also need to put your hope and your trust in the Lord. Because you, things may be going well tomorrow, today and tomorrow it could be gone. And if you, put your meaning, if, you, if you find meaning in life in your stuff or if you find meaning in life in the fact that things are going well, when hard times come, that foundation will be gone. The only thing, the one thing that can never be taken from you is your relationship with the Lord and finding your hope and your trust in Him. And then James closes this passage uh, speaking of the reward that is to come for those who, who remain faithful during trials. This is a word of encouragement for us to stay strong in the midst of adversity. We need to focus on the eternal, not the temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses, verse 18, Paul writes, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we need to look to God for wisdom. We need to look to Him for, for God's Word in us and through us so that when tough times come, we know where to turn. We need to put our identity in Christ and not in ourselves or our circumstances. And finally, we need to look to him. We need to look to him and put ourselves in the proper perspective. We need to look to what is eternal, not just what is temporary. Good times, bad times, they can come and go. But our relationship with the Lord is eternal. And we need to put our hope and our focus on that. When we do that, we can grow and mature during these hard times. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you uh, you have given us this word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would be with each one of us, whether we're facing adversity or whether things are going well. We know that we need to put our trust and our hope in you. Help us to focus on that and not ourselves. Help us to look to you for wisdom and not lean on our own understanding. And help us to to focus our eyes on Christ, uh, the author and perfecter of our faith, and not on our present circumstances. When we do that, Lord, you can work in and through us to grow us closer to you, even when we face hard times. We thank you for all these things. In Christ's name, amen. As you can see, our our VBS kids are coming forward. As they do, Tori's going to share a little bit about this past week, and then we're going to hear some uh, music from these kids. Well, this week has been an awesome week, uh, as you can see before me. These kids are very excited to share the songs that they learned this week. Um, But before they do that, I'm just going to give a quick overview of what went on. Um, First, I'd like to start off by saying thank you to all of our teachers and our helpers and the people that brought in cookies when we put the message out on Facebook saying we didn't have enough. Um, And also to our churches. 
We could not do VBS without all of you, and you are, are all so important in the planning and the executing of VBS. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I know Mindy uh, shares the same uh, thanks as well. Uh, we had about 160 kids, give or take, um, on any given day this week during VBS, and about 60-plus helpers every day. So that's really awesome. And then we also, this year, our missions projects were to uh, bring in canned goods for Agape like we usually do. And then we also wanted to raise support for the Lima Soup Kitchen. They're working to put in family showers um, in their facilities, so they want to... um, they needed some money for that, so we were like, well, let's, let's partner with them because everybody needs a good shower, right? Um, so we raised about $1,400 for the Lima Soup Kitchen over this week. Um, but that's not the most exciting thing. The most exciting thing is that we had kids recommit and commit their lives to Christ for the first time at VBS this week. So that is the biggest praise report, that kids were coming to know the Lord. And I know for me... Um, one of the special, one, of, one special moment that I got to witness this week was there's a song that we didn't do any motions to. We just had the kids sit and listen to. And the song was all about the small truths of Jesus Christ and how much he loves us, how far and how wide and how deep his love is. And um, I remember sitting over there and I was watching the kids just worship the Lord. And I got a little bit t- uh, teared up. Uh, because it was just so beautiful to see our kids singing about the simple truths of who God is and how much he loves them. Um, so again, thank you so much for all of your support, your prayers, everything that you've provided for us this week. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing week. And at this point, I'm going to turn it over to our kids to um, bless us with some awesome VBS music.
again, we're just blessed to have them uh, here and sharing some music with us. Let's pray as we close our service. Father, thank you for these wonderful kids and all the helpers and teachers that made VBS happen. And we pray that you would be with us now as we go from this place. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you.